JD Talking Sports. Wednesday, January 11th, 2017. Now, Met fans, are you sitting down? I do have some dour news. Tim Tebow is not being invited to the Major League Camp. Now, he might get... Let's, let, let's, let's look at the positive. He may get into a couple of Grapefruit League games, but right now, not invited to the Major League Camp. Now, in the Arizona Fall League... I'm sorry about that, Isaac. Now, in the Arizona Fall League, did not have the best statistics, best stats. 194 batting average, 20 strikeouts, and 70 plate appearances. The exciting thing is, is that pitchers and catchers report February 13th, which is a little over a month away, and the first full workout for the Mets team is February 19th. You know what? I know I know. Tebow just did the college football championship game for the SEC Network on Monday, and he's ready to go. This is just a fork in the road for him. He's going to come back strong, and you know maybe he'll get a couple of bats, maybe he'll impress him. Maybe we'll get a call-up sometime during the season. It, anything's possible, right? It's Tim Tebow. He's part Superman. He's like Clark, Clark Kent, but the real Clark Kent. I don't know. I'm, I'm just talking nonsense right now. But seriously, I, I really would like to see what he can do against Major League pitching. I really would. I'd like to see what he could do. He's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's an interesting, interesting guy. He's... I still remember that playoff game against the Steelers. They had no business of winning. And then he threw that touchdown pass in overtime, won the game. Then they got blown out the next week against the Patriots. But he did win a playoff game. Not too many guys even make the playoffs. He beat the Jets, I remember, that one game. He was scrambling like crazy against Rex Ryan's defense. Anything's possible. Anything is possible. And, you know, let's go from one subject. You know, I think this is a little more dour than Tim Tebow not getting invited to the Major League Baseball camp. I really do, for spring training. Jeff Hornacek has got a lot of issues to deal with. First of all, he's got Carmelo Anthony, who's had a league-high three ejections this season. He got ejected Monday night against the Pelicans. And Hornacek said that it's never about throwing in the towel. The game's never over until it's over. I think that's a yogiism, isn't that? It might be. He got thrown out Monday night in the 110-96 loss to the Pelicans at the Garden, where Kyle O'Quinn also got a flagrant foul. He got fined today $25,000 for that foul on Anthony Davis. He only went for 40-18 and 18 in the game. But who's, who's counting? Now, they're playing tonight. They're playing the Sixers, who are 10-25, and 25, Nick 17-21. I don't even know what the stadium's called and the arena's called anymore. I always think of the Spectre when I think of Philly. And Brent Barry, he is an announcer now, former player. He feels Joachim Noah no longer in right offensive system to hide his flaws, nor has the lateral quickness to be the defender he once was. This is a former defensive player of the year. He also feels Carmelo should waive his no-trade clause to join a winner. And you know what I say to that? I'll drive him wherever he wants to go. He called the mix of players a weird recipe of player talent trying to mesh together. Compared them to a 64 Volkswagen just sputtering along. Just keep sputtering along. I mean, that's, that's kind of harsh, right? And then we have the Rose situation where he went back to Chicago on Monday. After going to the shoot-around in the morning, he just left. Didn't answer phone calls, said he needed space. Didn't call back the team. Thought about, actually, he said, giving up basketball. 
didn't feel he wanted to pick up the phone to call the Knicks. And then I read this today that supposedly he wants to get a max deal this summer for five years, almost $150 million. So I don't know what to believe anymore. I feel like it's a Seinfeld episode where George couldn't see and then he notices a quarter or nickel on the floor. (laughs) You have to watch the episode, but I remember... Jerry goes, I don't know what to believe. You're looking, you can't see the guy across the street, and then you pick up a nickel on the floor. I know I'm really not doing it justice, but if you get to watch that episode, it's pretty funny. And they all, they all, they're all like talking today. uh, Hornacek was just like, you know, this happens and whatever, and we're happy to have him back. A family situation. He's starting tonight. And Phil Jackson has no comment. He kind of threw Hornacek under the, not even under the bus. He said, Hornacek, you deal with it. Yeah, I guess it is throwing him under the bus. They're 1-8 and eight their last nine in the Knicks. They've given up at least 100 points in nine straight games. During those nine games, they've given up 113.1 points per game. You're not going to win many games when you're giving up 113 points. There's a lot of games, they're almost giving up 103 quarters. Pelican scored a buck 10 against them? That should never happen. And Carmelo said he's trying to remain positive with the season. I've seen it go downhill quickly. We have to turn this around. Well, it starts tonight in Philly. And obviously, the Stars can do whatever they want. And Rose can decide one day to not show up to the game, not answer phone calls, come back and start the next game. Get fined a little bit and we move on. You know, hey, well, you could be the Nets. The Nets are 8-29. and 29. They lost last night. To the Hawks, Kenny Atkinson's former team for the last four previous four years. Seventh straight loss for the Nets. Twelve of the last thirteen. Hawks won their seventh straight. Hawks are twenty-two and sixteen. Nets eight and twenty-nine. Dwight Howard won for fourteen points, sixteen rebounds. Jeremy Lin missed his twenty-fifth game of the season. He's played twelve games this year. Trevor Booker was out with a hip injury. He's the only player averaging more than 5.1 rebounds per game. Brooke Lopez, who they want two draft picks for, 20 points, two rebounds, no rebounds in the first half. Spencer Dinwiddle, Dinwiddie, I'm sorry, who came to the team this year, they brought him, he had four points, seven rebounds, a career high, and a season high, five assists. Karis Levert, the rookie out of Michigan, had 11.3 rebounds and two assists. And Quincy Acey, Signed to a 10-day contract. You know what that pays him? 67000 I was curious. He is the 18th player to play for the Nets this season. 22 is the team record. We are 37 games in the season. They've already used 18 players. No idea what that's going to lead to. But well, they won't lose. They'll, they'll win more than nine games. That's the record. Nine and 73 is the worst season ever. They should win one more game this year. I had them going 20 and 62 this year. I'm off. I had the Knicks going 42 and 40. They have to get hot, the Knicks. <laughs> yeah, we're coming up on we're coming on the half four more games. We're at the halfway point of the season. Knicks are three games from from forty from half point of the season. Nets are four games. Isn't that a, the Knicks might not even reach the total I picked for them? I just realized that. Also, they play the Pel Nets play the Pelicans on Thursday, who they've lost five straight to. Not pretty, not pretty at all. And then we have the Giants. Olivier Vernon, he went through a sackapalooza where he had seven sacks in five games before JPP went down with the hernia groin injury. Yeah, hernia, groin, same thing. 
And the last five games without JPP, he had half a sack. Now, Jonathan Hankins, who was a second-round pick, number 49 in 2013, out of the Ohio State. He's only 24. He missed the last seven games of 2015 with a torn pectoral muscle, played every game this past year, 43 tackles, three sacks, eight tackles for losses, and 10 QB hits. Undrafted free agent, they have to re-sign him. They do. He really came on this year. Played the whole season. And then OBJ had three drops against Green Bay, and Pro Football Focus said he had only had eight drops during the regular season. Now, they blame it on the cold weather or whatever. And he is in a, going into his last year of his rookie contract, four years, $10.4 million, and they're saying they should probably lock him up now. I, I tell you, after what the debacle in Green Bay, until he gets his, his shit together, I think, you know, let, let's get through a couple weeks, get him back on course, but you can't let him go. He's too big a talent. What am I saying? Because Victor Cruz, for number three receiver, only 39 catches, 586 yards, and a TD. Subpar for number three receiver. He's on the books for $6.4 million in 2017. But if they cut him, they'll save $7.5 million, $7.5 million in salary cap. What do you think? Yeah. I think that Cruz is taking a pay cut to stay with the Giants if they want him. Now, the cap this year for the next season should be $155 million. Giants should have about $32 million, which puts him in the middle of the pact in the NFL in salary cap money to spend. Now, if they cut Shane Vereen, they'll save $3.75 million. I liked him. I know he was hurt a lot this year, but I, I liked him. But I, I think maybe they're going to go younger on that front. And $2.5 million to cut Rashad Jennings. Rashad Jennings, yes, it's time to go. I'm, I'll tell you, he looks like a Greek god, and he plays more like... He did have a pretty good game against Green Bay, but overall, when they needed a big play, he didn't do it this year. Too inconsistent. Wasn't consistent every game. And also, they could resign free agents... That are after this after next season, Justin Pugh and Weston Richburg, the center and the offensive lineman, both they could re-sign this offseason. And linebacker Keenan Robinson was on a one-year deal. He never played a full season in his four seasons with the Skins. He played all 17 games with the Giants, seven starts, and he was solid in coverage and run stopping. They, they have a lot of things they're going to have to work on this offseason. I, I, I think the offensive line, the guys, they want to lock up, but they're going to have to decide what to do with Eric Flowers, and they have Paul Perkins and everybody else. I don't know. They're going to have to get some running backs. Yeah, and that line. They're going to have to get the line. But they have plenty of wide receivers. That's not a, that's not a problem for them. They have a tight. Will Ty had a nice catch. I know my buddy Harris doesn't like him, but Will Ty, when he makes a catch sometimes, he can go. I think they really got to shore up that line and the running game. And the running game. And, you know, DRC, too, they, they were talking about Dom, Dominic Rogers cromarty if they were going to keep him or cut him with his, make him a salary cap casualty. They need him. I know he hurt his knee, but when he played, he was awesome. And that unit is only going to get better next year. And they'll work on Hail Marys. They have to. They have to. And I, I found this kind of interesting. I'd read in, on Monday Morning Quarterback that the Cowboys could play three MVPs this season if they – NFL MVPs. They're they're playing Aaron Rodgers this week. If they win, there's a chance they could play Matt Matt Ryan, who they said is the favorite to win the MVP this year. And Super Bowl, if it goes, they could play Tom Brady. Well, 2009, when the Saints beat the Colts in Super Bowl 44, they beat Kurt Warner in the divisional round. Then they beat Brett Favre. I like saying Favre, like in something about Mary. 
in the NFC Championship game, and then they'd be Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl. That's a pretty good run. And the Bills have a new coach. Bills have a new coach. Last six years, he's been a defensive coordinator for the Panthers. Sean McDermott, 18 years of coaching experience. He's He worked under Jimmy Johnson, the, the fantastic defensive coordinator with the Philadelphia Eagles. He's been around a long time. He's the new Bills coach. I thought they were going with... Anthony Lynn, but he is no longer on the table. So Bills have a new coach. And the Broncos have a new coach. They signed the Dolphins defensive coordinator, Vance Johnson, Vance Joseph, I'm sorry, as a new head coach. Four-year deal. How about Adam Gase? I talked about that the linebacker coach will probably become the new defensive coordinator. But congratulations, Vance Johnson. A minority coaching hire. How about that? The Rooney rule works. That makes me feel good, right? And the Jags also have a new coach, but really he was the interim coach. He went one and one. Doug Maroney, sixteen and eighteen overall. He had two years in Buffalo, six and ten and nine and nine and seven. He coached there 2013, 2014. And Blake Bortles, who was very inconsistent this year, to say the least, had his two best games with Maroney as coach. He threw for 325 and had over a 103 rating, quarterback rating in the first game. Second game, 301 yards and over 96 passer rating. Now, the GM, David Caldwell and Maroney, are signed through 2019, which is Blake Bortles' walk year. And Tom Coughlin is back. He's not coaching, but he, he is going to have the final say in personnel decisions as the VP of football operations for the Jaguars. He coached them. Back in the 90s. He was their original coach when they came in the league. Took them to a couple AFC Championship games. And something for the Texans to be a little concerned about. Brady's passer rating on third down and six plus yards is 129.7. Talk about that is outrageous. Now the thing is that the Pats are averaging only 3.9 yards per carry. They ran more than every team in the league except the Bills and Cowboys. But the average is a little low. But LeGarrette Blunt, man, is a beast. Beast. I I don't think... They they were talking about Jadeveon Clowney being a guy they're going to have to worry about all game, but he's just one guy. And the thing is, their offense is not... I don't care how good their defense plays. I can't see their offense scoring even more more than 17 points. I just don't see it happening. Hey, well, they did last week. They did. They put some touchdowns on the board. I just don't see them scoring a lot. And if they get into a shootout with the, I, I just, I, I'd be shocked. That would be one of the, you know, it wouldn't, it, it'd be up there. It wouldn't be the Giants beating the Pats in the Super Bowl, but they'd be pretty amazing if they did something. I, I just don't see it happening. Now the Steelers, Mike Tomlin says he takes blame for the call that led to Big Ben's foot injury. He said, I got a little over aggressive, you think? Now Big Ben was walking without a limp today. And he has a full practice workload this week, which is good. Now, I found this really interesting. I read that Le'Veon Bell says his versatility is impacting the NFL like Steph Curry's influence the NBA. And I said, you know what? You know what popped in my head right away? Roger Craig. Roger Craig, back in 85, ran for 1,050 yards, nine touchdowns, and had 92 catches for 1,016 yards. And six touchdowns. 
guy's a guy was a beast. And he had 88, he had 1,502 yards on the ground, nine touchdowns, 76 catches for 534 in a touchdown, and 89, he had 1,054 on the ground, six touchdowns, and 49 catches that year for 473 to touchdown. And he had, he, had, he was always great out of the backfield. And you know what? Le'Veon Bell, you're a great player, and you do the way you run the stop and start stuff. I got to give you credit for that stuff, but still, I, uh, I had to give a little props to Roger Craig. I don't think Roger Craig, you know, I think this generation forgets stuff. Roger Craig was a beast, and he ran with that high leg. I still remember I have that Sport Illustrated cover where he's uh, high tailing in the end zone when they beat the Dolphins. Marino's only Super Bowl, 38-16. I remember that game. I was expecting big things. Nope, not betting against Joe Montana. And then we have the NBA. The Heat said they're not looking to trade Hassan White's, Whiteside, despite report that everyone on the roster is available. Now the Heat are eleven and twenty-nine, and Whiteside is only he's only only a seventeen and a half points a game, fourteen point four rebounds. They lost last night to Golden State. He had twenty-eight points, twenty rebounds, and two blocks. Wow. Yeah, I wouldn't trade him. And they just signed him to a huge deal. He's got over $90 million. I think I think you keep him. That's a guy you build around. Not, and I think that was a smart move. And Rajon Rondo <laughs> was told by a member of the coaching staff that head coach Fred Hoiberg of the Bulls was saving him from himself by benching the four-time All-Star for the past five games. And Rondo was surprised by the comment. I think a lot more colorful than that and said he didn't understand it. Over the 29 games before the benching, he was averaging over seven points, seven assists, and almost seven rebounds. Now, Tuesday night, he got in. They lost by two to the Wizard on a last-second shot by John Wall. Rondo played 27 minutes off the bench, 20, 12 points, four rebounds, six assists. Bulls are now 19-20, and 20, Washington 19-18. and 18. That's the thing. The Knicks are 17-21. and 21. It doesn't matter. All the teams are kind of mediocre this year, except for the Cavs. And the Raptors, and it's really the Cavs. And the Cavs lost last night in Utah. And James Harden had a triple-double again. He had last night 40 points, 15 rebounds, 10 assists, second straight triple-double, ninth straight win for the Rockets. That's his fifth triple-double in the last seven games. And during the nine-game streak, he's averaged over 32 points, over 11 assists, and 10 rebounds a game. 11 triple-double the season. Kemba Walker had 25 for the Hornets in the loss. Rockets are 31 and 9. Hornets dropped to 2019. And Harden became only this only one of only four players to go 40, 10, and 10. Joins Pistol Pete Maravich, Michael Jordan, and Russell Westbrook. Only other three guys to do it. And LeBron said he's frustrated with officiating. He's only 10th in free throw attempts per game. Only 10th. And you know what? I mean, stuff like that happens. But if LeBron says he's not getting the free throw line enough, something's got to be happening, right? And DeMarcus Cousins, who had an altercation last night in their six-point win over Detroit, they're 16-22, with Darren Collison, where you'd be separated by teammates. Well, he said he's going to sign a max contract with the Kings this summer. For $207 million, they're saying. Now, Cousins had 24 points, 13 rebounds, and 6 assists. On the season, he's over 28 points, 10 rebounds, 3.9 assists. Krzyzewski loved him. I heard that he doesn't go all out, but 
Man, I would love him to have him on my team. Put him in Porzingis. He's not going anywhere. He's going, you know, that's the thing with the new deal they signed with their original franchise. They're not going to turn down that kind of money. And th- how about this? UConn women, 90 in a row. They beat South Florida, number 20 South Florida, 102-37. Yes, that's correct. 102-37. They were up 65-19 at the half. South Florida is 0-28-1 against them. All time. In the last three years, USF is 64-13 against everyone else against UConn, they're 0-7. Now, Sanaya Chong had 20. She led six Huskies in double figures. Maria Jesperson had 11 for South Florida. Now, the 90-game winning streak matches when back in UConn, of course, back in November 2008 through December 2010, they won 90 in a row. Now, they can break the record Saturday at SMU. They haven't lost. It's a two-point overtime loss at number 6 Stanford back on November 17, 2014. If they hadn't lost that game, the streak now would be at 138 games. So they've gone 137-1. and Can you believe that? Since 2000, 137-1. And since that loss, they've beaten 27 ranked opponents. They're 8-0 this year against ranked opponents. And since 2004-2005, UConn is 238-61 and against ranked opponents. And 37-11 and 11 at home for his top 25. Actually, I thought that'd be higher. They have 11 losses at home since 2004-2004. That's still pretty damn good. That's winning two-thirds of your games. Yeah. And they also matched the program record of 57 straight regular season conference wins. That was set in 2008-2012 when they were in the Big East. Fifth longest all time. And uh, f- fans were held, holding up signs after the game, 90 and counting. And then you know, you know what I love? Baylor, first time ever men's team becomes number one in the AP poll. They lose by 21 at West Virginia. And they, gave, they had 29 turnovers, the most by a D1 team this year. They dropped a 15-1, 3-1 in the conference. West Virginia, 14-2, 3-1. And they ran on the court. They ran on the court. West Virginia is playing. You know, West Virginia is a good, you know, uh, good team. Good team. And I, I'm blanking on the. The head coach. I was. Coaches. Head coach. Bob Huggins. I remember him. I went to his tournament one year, the NCAA tournament in, in Syracuse. And he, that was when he had the great Cincinnati teams. They never won a championship, but they were good every year. And man, they even had dancers. They even had. It, it was awesome. It was awesome. Go Westford. Go, go Mountaineers. And Carl Edwards is stepping away from full-time racing. He said he's satisfied with his career. He wants to devote time to the people in his life. Wants to stay healthy. In 13 years, he finished second two times in points in NASCAR. 28 race victories. 22 poles. 124 top fives. 220 top tens. And 445 career starts. In 2011, he actually finished tied with Tony Stewart, but Tony Stewart won the championship because he won more races that year. So he's retiring from Joe Gibbs Racing. He was a substitute teacher when he was trying to get a full-time ride. He, he flies his own plane in. He lives in the Midwest. I think he's a Missouri kid. Very low-key, does that backflip. Hey, you know, you know when you know. I think that's pretty cool, right? And how about football now? Clemson wide receiver is going pro. We're not surprised about that. And the Monday night, Clemson winning over Alabama was the first time they ever beat a number one 
team. And there was the first win over Alabama since 1906. They had lost 13 straight. Also, Jarrell Peppers decided he's going pro. I'm not shocked about that. Come on. Now listen to this. This I thought was awesome. Last seven national champions before Clemson won on Monday night were Alabama, The Ohio State, Florida State, and Auburn. Clemson beat all of those teams this year. They beat Alabama. They beat Ohio State in the semis. They beat Florida State during the regular season, and they beat Auburn. How about that? I thought that was pretty freaking cool. And I I read something interesting about Chris Berman. He said when he first came to ESPN, he was announcing billiards, Minnesota Vats, Fats versus Willie Moscone. Remember, do you remember those guys? I used to watch it. And he said uh, they wanted him. They wanted a new show with the football. We'd like you to be our Brent Musburger. He said, okay, fine. You know, Chris Berman, they said he might have gotten old, how he did things, but he had fun what he did, the nicknames and all that stuff. And for a time, that was the only show in town. I know things have changed now, but you know what? It wasn't even like he was forcing it. And now they're saying the shtick is old because the people now don't have any... You know, they get tired of that stuff, but I grew up on that stuff. I mean, is the the, the highlights and all that stuff, that was the only game. T- we're, we're missing errors. I was watching the championship game, and you had on Kirk Herb Street and, and, and Chris Fowler, and I just was like, man, we didn't realize how good we had it when we had Summerall and Madden or Brent Musburger or Keith Jackson. I just feel like they're just vanilla now. There's not to, Gus Johnson always excited. That's what guys I like. But there's not too many guys. I mean, Jim Nance and Phil Sims put me to sleep. They just do. Al Michaels good. Chris Conthorpe talks so much sometimes. I love Troy Aikman, Joe Buck. Yeah, but there's not too many guys anymore. And I feel like I was watching the the game, the championship game Monday, and I was like, I miss. I'd rather hear Brent Musburger because he has been doing this forever. He's there's no. They all sound the same. They all sound like cookie cutters of each other. And I, you know. That's Chris Berman brought, brought fun to the sport. You know, I like that kind of stuff. And f- listen to this. Floyd May- Mayweather is offering $15 million to Conor McGregor to fight. He goes, let's make it happen. Really? Hey, I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. Everybody says that he doesn't have the boxing skills of a Mayweather. Now, if you put if you put him, if you're Mayweather in the MMA rig, you get you get destroyed. And I think if you put a boxing ring, McGregor would get destroyed. I don't think it's something that anybody wants to see. Hey, look, Manny Pacquiao is going to fight Australian fighter Jeff Horn. He's known as the Hornet on April 22nd in a location to be determined. Now he's skipping a super fight against lightweight champ Terence Crawford. For this guy Horn, who's 16-0-1 with 11 Ks, who hasn't even beaten a top... Well, he's fought, in, he's fought guys that used to be top 10. But they're, they're not... He fought them after they were in their prime. Last fight, Pacquiao won a unanimous decision November 5th against Jesse Vargas that sold 250,000 pay-per-view sales. They said this one probably have to be shown on freeform TV in the U.S. It has to be. Who is it? You know, really? I don't know why. Maybe he's taken as a tune-up fight, but I mean, really? And then I just was like, and so Pacquiao's 59 wins, six losses, two draws, 38 Ks. This guy shouldn't be in the same ring with him. But I mean, does he just feel people want to watch this stuff? Come on. And then Mark Hunt, UFC, his final civil suit against UFC, Dana White and Brock Lesnar in wake of Lesnar's failed drug test. After their July, July 9th fight at UFC 200, 
where he lost unanimous decision to Brock Lesnar, which was later rescinded because Lesnar mm-hmm. tested positive for PEDs two times. And Lesnar was fined 250000 by the Nevada Athletic Commission. Mark Hunt didn't care. He said he's not satisfied with that decision. I think he's got a point there, man. The guy shouldn't have been fighting. Brock Lesnar, come on. You think he was natural? Come on. Not, not even close. Now, folks, I'm on JD Talking Sports, Drop the G, is on iTunes. Love you to give a rating. That was my dog, Peanut. She's down here with me. Sorry for the commotion. I love her to death, but sometimes she's a pain in the ass. So find me on, on iTunes, my podcast, JD Talking Sports, Drop the G, also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Love you to give me a rating. Give me a review. Love to hear from you. Oh, and Maria Sharapova. I know you're all excited. She's coming back to tennis April 26th. She hasn't played since losing last January in the Australian Open. She tested positive for Meldonium. And there was a whole thing with that. I did I did a show on that where basically, you know, she shouldn't have been taking this stuff. Well, she said she was taking it forever. Just sounded shady. Well, she got suspended. Suspension got reduced. And she's going in as a wild card at the WTEA event in Stuttgart, which is sponsored by Porsche, which is her sponsor. They're putting it as a wild card. It's a clay event. You know what? Her days are gone. I don't think... Uh... Oh, and the Mets. How about this? The Mets... Oh, Jordy Nelson is still in question for Sunday. Won't practice Wednesday, but will work out on the side. Also, Allen Iverson, Kenyon Martin, and Chelsea Billups among players committed to playing in Ice Cube's new three-on-three league. That's kind of cool, right? And the Mets and right-handed pitcher Zach Wheeler agreed to a $800,000 deal to avoid arbitration. Mets, could, hey, after last year, he hasn't pitched since 2014, but he's coming back this year. We shall see. All right, trivia question. We have a trivia question from last week. Trivia question from last week. All right. Last week's trivia question. As a man over 40, you know that this isn't the body you deserve. All right. Trivia question from last week. From last show. I'm sorry, last show. Who is the career leader in three-point field goal percentage? That was a trivia question. Answer, Steve Kerr. Still the career leader in three-point field goal percentage. 45.4%. I also do a show on WFDU HC2 89.1. Saturdays from 4 to 7 a.m. Got a little confused because trying to get all the sports out to you, the people. All right. Today's trivia question. What three tight ends lead their franchises in receiving yards? What three tight ends lead their franchises in receiving yards in, in the NFL? What three NFL tight ends lead their franchises in receiving yards? All right, folks. Have a good night. Talk to you soon.